Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, today on Kitchen Table Theology, we're going to talk Queen Elizabeth, throwing tea into Boston Harbor, and royalty. (laughs) And believe it or not, here at Kitchen Table Theology, we are on a journey of discovering what the scripture teaches regarding doctrine and theology. You know, things a lot of Christians think are too difficult to tackle, too hard to understand, and too out of reach. And we're always attempting to do this in a way that is applicable to the lives we live. And we do this because we agree with what C.S. Lewis once said, a man can't always be defending their truth. There must be time to feed on it. And that's what we hope happens before and within you and within us as we meet together in this podcast, that the word will feed us because we want to help you be strong in your faith, knowledgeable in and of the word and growing in your love for Jesus. On today's podcast, we're continuing the 33 things that occur instantaneously at the moment of salvation to every believer. Beginning with episode 104, we've discussed and studied a number of these glorious truths. If you missed any, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. So, Pastor Jeff, what's up for today? Oh, not too much, but... Queen Elizabeth throwing tea into the harbor. You you went very patriotic. I mean, we just threw a whole bunch of things out there at once, including the tea. (laughs) Well, the reason we're going to talk about this, Jen, as we record this podcast, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II has recently died, Mm -hmm. and her body lay in state at Westminster Abbey, followed by her funeral in the same location. She's going to be buried next to Prince Philip at St. George's Chapel on the grounds of Windsor Castle. Mm -hmm. Now, have you kept up with any of this? Are you a royal watcher? Do you enjoy watching all things royal family? I mean, I say I'm a connoisseur of it, I guess. I mean, no, I don't know connoisseur. Like a, I don't know. You're an interested observer? I'm an interested observer. I would just say that. I mean, you know, my today show is my bread and butter. So today show has been all about, those are my coworkers. I feel like when you work from home, the the people on the today show can become your coworkers. You know, you call them by their first names and things like that. So so now that, you know, Chanel and Dylan have been covering the, the coverage, then I've been, I've been hanging with my coworker ladies. In the AMs. Kitchen table theologian, (laughs) if you know of a good counselor to help Jen, who's living in a fictional fantasy world with friends... Through the little box. They're on the little box box that lives in my living room. Please contact us immediately. No, I do remember, though, that one of the first books that I ever got out of the wonderful arrival of the Scholastic Book Fair that used to come in those big metal, giant, like big metal suitcases was a book on Princess Diana. And so I was kind of obsessed with her for a little bit. We had I a remember. similar haircut growing up. Oh, so, did you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, she was probably <laughs> following after you. Probably. That's yeah. what it was. She was watching me through a little box. I remember watching that marriage on mm. television. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sitting there going, why am I watching this? You know, I've been to England. I, I was telling somebody today we were talking about this. I need to count it up, but I think about mm. 25 times. Oh, wow. Have you been? I have not. Really? through. Layover, yeah. and then, yeah. Oh, you should do yeah. that. We should put together <laughs> a kitchen table theology 
World tour. There we go. Do we get to go visit places C.S. Lewis when and oh, we, all we those would go to things? the okay. Bird and Baby Pub. What there do you we call go. It? It's the Eagle and Child <laughs> Pub in Oxford, but they nicknamed it the Bird and the Baby. The Bird and the Baby. You could do Zurich. You could do Prague. You could do all over Germany. You all could the do things. Scotland and England. All right, book it. Let's go. What that, were we talking about? We're talking about royalty. Okay. Oh, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. So her death has set a whole succession of changed titles, mm, mm-hmm. right? So Charles goes now from prince to king, King Charles the second or third, third? Mm. I don't remember. Should have looked that up before we recorded. <laughs> and and uh, then on down the line, the most popular royals, arguably, are Will and Kate, and they're now going to be addressed as the prince and princess of Wales. Mm-hmm. They have been duke and duchess or something. I shouldn't talk about this because I don't know what I'm talking about when I go off the top of my head. But I know they're going to be called the Prince and Princess of Wales. Yes. And if that latter title sounds familiar, that's because William's mother, Diana, she Mm -hmm. held that title during her marriage and during her her lifetime. Gotcha. And we're not going to talk about the other brother and his wife because they just... We don't need to talk about any of the other ones. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I. You can already see how much I know about the ones yeah, who everybody knows. Yeah, we go down knows. the rabbit trail. Well, this is all very interesting, but this is kitchen table theology, so there must be a point here. Where yeah, are you there's, going? There's a point somewhere. <laughs> where are we going with all this royal talk? And after that, where are we going with throwing tea in a harbor? And well, didn't we move away from that? Didn't we move away from that monarchy? What's going on? Well, as Americans, yes, we did move away from the monarchy, and. Let me just acknowledge that everyone listening to Kitchen Table Theology is not an American. Mm, mm-hmm. So we'll get off of this real quick, I promise, for those <laughs> of you who care less. America moved away from a, a, a monarchy. But as Christians, no, we have not moved away from a monarchy. Mm. For we, as Christ followers, we follow a king. And since we are his subjects, and here we tie back, to the 33 things that occurred instantaneously at salvation. Since we are his subjects, we have been, the Bible says, made partakers of a holy and royal priesthood. So there. There's the connection. There it is. There's the connection. We are made. It took us a while to get there, (laughs) didn't it? That's all right. Sometimes it does. We've got to spin (laughs) on that yarn a little bit. We We are made partakers of a holy and royal priesthood. That sounds really fancy and interesting and just kind of, I don't know, a little hoity-toity. So what is that telling us? That as you are working through this with me, that you are addressing royalty. Oh, well. As long as you keep that in mind, we'll be just fine. you need to remember the same thing. I do. I absolutely do. (laughs) Right back at you. So I'll bet you know what our first step is after 122 (laughs) or 23 of these podcasts. While there are many New Testament verses that talk about that topic, Mm -hmm. I would like for you to read two of them from the New Testament in 1 Peter 2, 9 and Revelation 1, 6. And then there's a key Old Testament verse as well. Okay. Well, 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Revelation 1, 6 reads, And he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be the the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. 
And then the Old Testament verse that's found in Exodus 19, 5 through 6 says, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So thank you for that. Those verses all point us to a biblical truth that basically says that as followers of Jesus, we have all been appointed to a privileged position. Peter's concept of a royal priesthood originates from Exodus 19, and he quotes from those verses in what you read in 1 Peter 2. A lot of those terms in 1 Peter 2, 9 come right out of Exodus 19. Mm -hmm. And some of those scripture verses go back to some of the other 33 things we've mentioned, especially has called you out of darkness into his marvelous Mm -hmm. light. We just talked about that a few podcasts ago. Well, what if you give us a little bit more explanation on specifically what royal priesthood means, a royal priesthood? Do you know what an oxymoron is? Do you remember I that? Do you know what an oxymoron is? <laughs> so an oxymoron, if you listening have, it's ringing a bell, but it's not coming to mind. An oxymoron is defined as a figure of speech which appears contradictory. Mm. So I, I love these. And even the word oxymoron <laughs> is itself oxymoronic, which is to say contradictory. The, the word is derived from two ancient Greek words, oxys which means sharp, and moronos, which means dull mm. or stupid. <laughs> so in the same word, sharp and dull. So that's oxymoronic. Gotcha. A few of my favorite oxymorons, civil war. Mm. Can't have a war and be civil with people. <laughs> Jumbo shrimp. Jumbo shrimp. That's also the name of one of my favorite minor league baseball teams. <laughs> Where, where are they? It's Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> yeah. We got to get a hat. I got to get a oh, hat. Yeah. Okay, I'll look, I'll look and see I if I can find one. I collect hats from minor league teams. Oh, minor league teams have the best names. Nobody best will beat the Savannah Bananas, though. I don't know. The the Trash Pandas of... <laughs> How do you know all of Oh, this? because I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with it. Anyways, I'm getting us off topic. Okay. And yet another Oxy. layer peels off of Jen's onion. <laughs> Oxymorons, um, jumbo okay, shrimp. I love this one. Clearly misunderstood. Oh, clearly. You cannot clearly <laughs> misunderstand something. If you misunderstand, it gets all muddled. It's not clear. But how many times have you said, oh, he, he clearly misunderstood me. Mm. And icy hot. Mm. Icy hot. You can't. What, what does that even in me? Well, the reason I bring up oxymorons, royal priesthood in Jewish culture for thousands of years would have been highly oxymoronic. Hmm. Those two words did not ever go together. It seems like they should, though. That's only because that's how we know them from reading the New Testament, I think. But for thousands of years, royal and priesthood, uh uh-uh. David Guzik, who's a very well-known Bible commentator, I think he writes in a thing called Enduring a podcast, not a podcast, a website called Enduring Word, Hmm. and maybe even some in the Blue Letter Bible. Uh, He writes this, The offices of royalty and priesthood were jealously separated in Israel. But Jesus, who is our king and priest, has brought them together for his people. Mm. Dive into that phrase there, jealously separated. What what does that mean? Well, it's because, for good reason, they the Israelites, they wanted to keep the royal part of things separate from the priestly part of things, Mm. which I think is probably a very good idea. 
as I was studying this, ran off, ran, ran across um, ideas from C.H. Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher in, in London, the Metropolitan Tabernacle preacher. He has something very interesting to say on this. He, he wrote in his commentary on First Peter, he said that we're all to be like, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase some of this and, and then read some of it. We're to be like Melchizedek. You remember Melchizedek, that name? He's mentioned all throughout the book of Hebrews. And Melchizedek is a, a very shadowy figure because we don't know whether he was a real person or not. But he says we're to be like Melchizedek. And here's what Spurgeon writes, in whom the two offices of priest and king were combined in one person. Mm. More than that, you, he says to us, are to be like your Lord in respect to his royal priesthood, that he should have loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto God and his father seems to be an honor which is far too high for us. It appears to bring us almost too near our Lord, yet it is not so, for Peter wrote under divine inspiration, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Hmm. So let's go back to that word royal for a second. Anything else we can gain from that word? Yeah, and again, this is what happens at the moment of salvation. We become part of a royal priesthood. So what had been separated for thousands and thousands of years in Jewish culture, religious culture, political culture, those two concepts are brought together in Christ. Hmm. And interestingly, the, this particular Greek word for royal, there's, there's a few different Greek words, but this particular Greek word that Peter uses is only used in Peter's writings. And it refers to that which belongs to or is appointed to or is suitable for a king. So with Queen Elizabeth II on our minds, King Charles, Prince Charles, now King Charles on our minds, everything that comes down to Charles belongs to him because he's in the line of succession as a king. Th- things, A lot of things, titles, have been appointed to him, right? All these things are suitable for a king. So the idea is fit for a king. That's what Peter's saying. It's fit for a king. It describes one of a, a, a kingly ancestry or that which is relating to or something that befits a king or a queen or some other monarch. So it's a very rare word, this royal thing, and it 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 points us directly to what you and I think of when we think of a monarchy. Mm-hmm. And so with that, with what we think of it and with the rarity of that, I'm sensing that this is an incredible privilege to those of us who are believers. And as I think about that in the Old Testament, even the kings of Israel didn't serve as priests, right? Oh, no, yeah. they were not to be. No, kings. Mm-mm. That you're right, but do you recall that there was, there was, there's always an exception to every rule, right? There's always somebody who goes, well, that's good for you, but not for me. Mm. There was one king who tried to do exactly that. He tried to serve as a priest, and he was immediately and severely judged by God. That was King Uzziah. Mm. And Second Chronicles 26 tells us that he went into the sanctuary of the Lord's temple by himself, and personally burned incense on the incense altar. Now, that was only for the priests to do, mm. not for the king. But the king went in and did it. Eighty priests, <laughs> 80, they hear this, led by the high priest. They come charging in. They confront the king. Uzziah becomes furious. They basically say, you cannot do that. Get your tail out of here. Mm. This is reserved for the priesthood. He gets furious at them. And he's standing there raging against the priest. And while he's doing that, in the moment, 
the Lord struck him with leprosy <laughs> then and there. And that, that really broke up the party. You know, when somebody gets leprosy, it's all fun and games <laughs> until somebody gets leprosy. And then everybody's going home. He got <laughs> and, a little too big for his kingly britches, yeah. I would say. <laughs> Uzziah lived with leprosy the rest of his life. Oh, my goodness. And there we see how jealously they kept that distance then right. between that which pertained to royalty and that which pertained to the priesthood. But it's not like that for believers who are of a royal lineage in Christ, the king of kings. So that's pretty good news yeah. for us, right? Yeah. So since we're talking about priesthood, how about addressing that word now for us and what that means? So as as that word is used by Peter and others in the New Testament, it means Priesthood means to officiate as a priest, mm. to be a priest. I mean, that's not a hard definition for us to grasp. But here in Peter's writings, he's using a form of priest no other New Testament writer uses. And he only uses it twice. The other place is in 1 Peter 2, 5. And he says there, you, you uh, sorry, yourselves also as living stones are being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, or you could say as a holy priest. Mm to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, he's talking about a spiritual house. Spiritual house describes, I, I, I hesitate to use the term, but think of it outside of a university mm -hmm. and the larger definition. It describes the priesthood as a fraternity mm. of priests or a body of priests. And the spiritual house, he mentions, is a royal house. So it's it's the dominion of a royal family. So while you are living and have been placed in the dominion of a royal family and you are accorded certain elements of royalty because of Christ, we also, at the same time, are serving as priests in that same kingdom. So as I sit here, and as I'm sure that many other kitchen table theologians are sitting here listening to today's podcast, we can say, oh, that's so wonderful. That's so great. We're a royal priest. But what actual impact does this have on my everyday life? Like, I think we've mentioned this before. Do I get the special parking spot? Do I get to park where the clergy parks? Do I get to wear a crown? What does this mean for yeah, me? Yeah, where does the clergy park? In my everyday life. <laughs> so you're, you're not happy with just knowing that you'd like to apply this? Well, I mean, we're human. We, we, what, need, what you we got that reward center in the brain. We, we, we need to know what this actually means. So you want, so when you say every podcast, the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it, you want to apply it a little bit. I want now. to apply it a little right. bit. Yeah, yeah, great point. I need you, stuff. Yeah, I need stuff. Okay. So although you, you look at a Christian, a Christian looks like everybody else. You know, we Christians don't stand out in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I mean, some do, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's a that's a topic for <laughs> that's another a different time. podcast. <laughs> so, what that means is our speech, our life, our values, our actions should cause other people who know us to ask, "What's different about her? Mm -hmm. What's different about him?" In Revelation one six, which you earlier read, John writes that Christ has made us to be a kingdom priests to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Another verse in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. So there you see royalty and priests mm -hmm. combined, mm -hmm. kingdom, priest, reigning 
on the earth. And not only are we priests today with access to the king, but one day soon in the coming kingdom of Christ, we will reign with him for 1,000 years. We talked about this in an earlier podcast on the millennium. Hmm. And here we find John in Revelation exclaiming, Blessed and holy is the one who has part in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So what I'm hearing is that all of this is that as followers of and believers in Jesus, in God's eyes, we are royalty. Yeah, that's right. And we're priests. What formerly was oxymoronic, is now a reality. What Israel and God made sure was separated for thousands of years, royalty and priesthood, has now been brought together in you because of what Christ did. And, and this is another thing that happened instantaneously, again, as salvation. Now, have you, Miss Jen, have you, Kitchen Table Theology Community, have you ever pondered the privilege you have be counted as a member of God's royal family? Because that's where we are. Now, here's where all this applies to our lives. Mm. This is a far greater privilege than even belonging to the British royal line, although we often lose this eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us walk around day, just day to day? Let's just be honest. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a member of God's royal family because mm-hmm. most of the time we don't, not only we don't remember, we're not looking like it. But what a privilege, but also what a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So every day, every day we represent the King of Kings who, as the Bible says, is the ruler over the kings of the earth. So I would just say application-wise, let's determine that our conduct, our speech, how we live our lives demonstrates our royal bloodline. And as children of the king, that we bear his family likeness. Mm -hmm. And I think the child part of that's harder or is easier for us to believe, right? Like, oh, I'm just a child. I just, as opposed to, I am a child of the king. Right. So that invokes then. Which makes I am, you royalty. I'm joint heirs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, this, again, was a lot to talk about today. So if you stuck with us the whole time, congratulations. Thank you. Virtual gold star to you. <laughs> and thanks so much again for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. Please take a moment, if you would, to rate and review this podcast, including Spotify and on iTunes. It really helps new listeners find the show, and we want to spread Kitchen Table Theology love. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. Pastor Jeff mentioned the podcast we did on the millennium. If you want to go back and hear those, they are episodes 93 and 94. And as always, thanks are due to our friends at Low Country Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. To Danny and her team at Streamline Podcast for making us sound good. And of course, to tech genius Dylan Voorhees, today's sound engineer. Please head on over also to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, next week, we'll be back with another great episode. So there it is. Now go deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, 
Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.